Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. Thank you so much for being here. Well, it is Upfronts Week in television, and that's when the major broadcast networks cobble together their fall schedules and announce them to the world and to advertisers. And so over the last week and a half or so, uh, the networks have been picking up shows, renewing shows, and canceling shows in anticipation of this. And as a result, as you might expect, those involved with shows that got picked up or renewed are thrilled, and those whose shows were canceled are very disappointed and crushed. Well, this year, there was one exception to that, and that is Constance Wu. Now, Constance Wu is on Fresh Off the Boat. She plays the mom on Fresh Off the Boat, and Fresh Off the Boat was a show that was kind of on the bubble. It started off pretty strong for a couple of years, and then it's just kind of lingering around. And like I said, it was on the bubble, but ABC picked it up on Friday, and Constance Wu was not thrilled. Remember last year, she did that Crazy Asians rom-com, which did pretty well. And I guess she feels that she is a potential movie star. And being on a hit sitcom, is kind of holding her back. Uh, as a result, on Twitter, she wrote, So upset right now that I'm literally crying. Ugh. Fuck. And then she wrote another one later saying, fucking hell. And then she went on the Fresh Off the Boat renewal page on Instagram and hit dislike. Well, needless to say, she took a lot of flack. And as everybody now does, they all just walk it back. And that's what she did. Oh, I was having a bad day. Oh, I, I, I love the show. Oh, I love everybody. It's like, fuck that. Come on, we know how she really feels. She really feels like her tweet stated. So upset right now that I'm literally crying, ugh, fuck. Okay, well, the fact that she's stupid enough to go public like that makes it even worse. Now, here is an actress who is just scrounging around looking for work just like 99% of the actors in Los Angeles. And yet she was lucky enough to be cast in a hit 
television show. And instead of being grateful for that break, because she never would have gotten the part in the rom-com if she hadn't already been a name in television and have a following. So instead of being grateful, she shits all over the show. Oh, no, I have to get steady work being in a major broadcast situation comedy and probably making a shit ton of money because usually the actor's salaries go up year after year after year. And, you know, so this is like year five or six, whatever it is. And so she's probably making way more money than she made season one and season two. And it's very disappointing to me because I was a big fan of Constance Wu. When Fresh Off the Boat first premiered, I wrote a review of it for my blog, and this is what I said. But the actress who absolutely steals the show is Constance Wu, who plays the mother, Jessica. She's a comic revelation, can play attitude, cluelessness, physical comedy at just the right pitch and level of dryness so it never looks like she sees the joke coming. No matter how broad or absurd the situation, her character never knows that she's in a comedy. She deserves an Emmy nomination, although I'm sure the Academy will fill the category with women who are not as funny and not even in a comedy. Okay, I had to get that little dig in there, too. Uh, But now, (laughs) fuck woo, as they say. I mean, I'm sure there are many fresh-off-the-boat fans who now feel the same way, despite the bullshit retraction. So here's my prediction. Constance Wu, in less than five years, will be back in another sitcom, probably not on a broadcast network, probably on some spectrum or something that 12% of the population can even get. And she will long for the halcyon days when she was on Fresh Off the Boat. Now, way back on October 3rd, 2007, when The Office was at the height of its popularity, I wrote in my blog an open letter to the cast. And so in light of Miss Wu's disdain for the show that launched her career, uh, I would like to share it with you now, not because of her, because that fresh boat has sailed, but more for all of the other actors who are fortunate enough, no, blessed enough to be on a hit network television show. So here's what I wrote. Congratulations, you are on a hit show. Your faces are on the cover of Entertainment Weekly, special collector's edition, no less. People are quoting your lines. Everywhere you go, people tell you they love you. You get invited to A-list parties, free flat screens, the first new Prius that comes off the line, iPhones. You are currently America's guests. But with sweeping success comes a number of traps. You know, you seem like a wonderful cast. You seem like lovely folks. And my guess is that you know and intend to avoid most of this stuff already. But... It never really hurts just to have a reminder. And I offer these selfishly. I love your show. I don't want to see anything screw it up. All right. So, ready? 
Enjoy every single minute of being on a hit series. Never take it for granted, not for one second. Yet always remember, these people who love you, they love you in context. They love the character, not you. And to that end, do not quit the show to launch your big-time movie career. You are not the next Will Ferrell, despite what the CAA agent that's trying to poach you is saying. Jenna, do not fall for these standard agent statements. I can get you in a room with Spielberg. I can get you in a room with Scorsese. And the typical closer, I can get you in a room with the Pope. Supporting cast members, do not quit the show to star in your own vehicle. You will forever be more popular in this supporting role than you will starring in your own canceled after three episode series. The TV landscape is literally filled with Joey's and Bob Patterson's and Hello Larry's. Do not count lines ever. Do not complain that so-and-so has more lines than you. Be happy you're there. Not to discount talent, but there by the grace of God, you're on the office and not caveman. Don't hold up the studio or producers for gigantic raises. It's disruptive, and these days you could find yourself out on your ear. You could fill Madison Square Garden with former Law & Order cast members. The show will go on without you, or even all of you. If you do features during your hiatus, never treat the office as just an imposition. Always put it first. It is the reason you have movies. It is the reason you're not working in real estate. Another big point. Don't phone it in. You have been given a huge gift. Appreciate it. Yeah, after a while, it might seem old hat still playing the same characters week after week, but it's your job to make it seem fresh. And having to find a way to make your character interesting in episode 200 should be your biggest worry in life. Just know this. The crew never phones it in. The writers never phone it in. And speaking of writers, I know this is kind of a gray area because some writers are also in the cast and there is some ad-libbing, but never think that you can write the show better than the writers. Now, you may come up with a great line or bit, but that's very different from sitting down at your computer and staring at the tyranny of the blank screen. Show them respect. They don't get magazine covers and glory. James Lipton will never host inside the writer's studio. Be on time. Don't make a hundred people wait for you just because you can. Not every phone call has to be taken right now. And you can hold your water for two more minutes until the director gets the take. Actors pee more than any human being on earth. Now, you may be saying, we don't do any of that, and if so, great. But as the years go by, this bad behavior begins to sort of creep in. Don't let it. You can approve tile samples later. 
Another thing to remember, awards are evil. They destroy caste unity. They cause resentment, jealousy, and disharmony. Don't hate your former best friend just because he or she won an Emmy and all you have is a shitty People's Choice Award. And finally, you will probably be identified for the rest of your life with this show. Don't shy away from that. Embrace it. Now, I'm not saying that you can't go on and do many great things, but today, this minute, you're on a Super Bowl winning team. Wear the ring proudly so very few ever get one and have another undefeated season. Okay, in light of the Constance Wu situation, I thought that was rather appropriate to remind actors that they're really in a great situation, a situation they may never find themselves in again. And as a result of that, I then went back and I found another post that I had written. This one was back in 2010. And it basically tells you how difficult it is to even get on a hit show. So I would like to share that with you as well. And the title of that piece was Guys Do Not Want a Fucker. Okay, again, this is from 2010. My heart always goes out to actors during pilot season, which this is, or at least it was at the time. Here's how hard it is to become a cast member of a hit series. When a writer-producer gets the good, bad news that his pilot has been greenlit, the first thing he does is hire a casting director and together they prepare a list of possible worthy candidates for each part. Then they meet with the network casting person. Now, the network casting person responds to your list. No, no, hate him, ugh, no, no, ugh, ugh, no. If any one of these ugh is you, you're dead. The network casting person will then prepare her list. One name sticks out. The writer-producer tells her he won't cast this guy because he killed his grandmother. The network casting maven says, well, he didn't kill a member of your immediate family. Read him anyway. Basically, writer-producers are expected to pursue the names on her list, the network's list. If you haven't already been eliminated, you are now at a huge disadvantage if you are going up against one of these golden names. And by the way, it is very easy to go from this list one year to, ugh, the next. Beware. Now comes the reading process. Out of all the pilots, there may be only a few roles that you're right for. There are also a few more that you're not right for, but you apply anyway. You can play Asian, if you have to, no sweat. This was written in 2010. (laughs) You can't even do that these days. Your agent submits your name. The casting directors may not think you're right or not be a fan, and you're dead. Assuming you're over that hurdle, you're invited in to read. 
Now, there usually are a hundred or more actors reading for every role. Great odds, huh? In these initial sessions, you're usually reading for a committee, the writer-producers, the pod-producers, a couple of studio representatives. All you need is one of them to say they don't like you and you're toast. And by not like, that could mean too tall, good, but we've seen him in things. Uh, He was my waiter last week at the Daily Grill and he was terrible. And guys are not going to want to fuck her. But there's a new wrinkle. Networks insist the auditions be recorded and sent to them. So let's say you're reading for a part that you're not right for, okay? Or you just didn't do very well that day. Well, not only are you dead, but now that network gets to see your bad audition, and now you're on the no-ugh list for other projects. So for the seven pilots you're going up for, that one audition could cost you four of them. Ready to go back to Michigan and teach middle school yet? Okay, let's say you made the cut. You get a call back. By that time, you're not sure what you did that they liked so much. Can you do it again? Whatever it is. You're on a roll. You kill at the callback. You're now a finalist. Your agent makes a deal contingent on studio and network approval. You read for the studio... Another committee, made up mostly of non-creative types, all it takes is one to hate you. So they don't hate you. You move on to the network test. You and four other candidates are led into a screening room, one at a time, where you audition for the network president and a committee, but when there's the network president, uh, their opinions really mean nothing. Talk about pressure. Let's say that you're up for the role of Rachel in this pilot called Friends. How different would your life be depending upon whether or not you got that part? Well, you can hit it out of the park and still not get the role. The network president may be partial to a name on his golden list. He may have no ability to judge talent. He may not want to fuck you. By some miracle, though, let's say he likes you. Uh, But there's a hang-up. He still wants a bigger name. So you hold your breath while the producers make an 11th hour plea to Paula Marshall. She passes. They settle for, I mean, they cast you. You're in, right? No, not so fast. During the week of production, there are network table readings and run-throughs. Now, you could get fired at any one of them. It's not necessarily your fault either. The material could be awful. The director gave you bad direction. They never really wanted you in the first place. Let's say you survive the week of production and film the pilot. Now comes research and test screenings. I've observed those focus groups. One woman says she hates you. Why? 
She can't believe you wore those shoes. And this is a true story. The network says, if the show goes forward, you're to be replaced. That's if the show goes forward. You could give the performance of a lifetime, but if the show doesn't get picked up, you're dead. And again, there are so many factors that go into that decision that have nothing to do with you, although your life depends on it. Okay, there is a God. The show gets picked up. You've tested okay. You're home free now. Uh, no. There may be an actor from a pilot that didn't get picked up that the network really loves. They want to make a place for him. That could well be your role. Again, you're dead. Let's say that doesn't happen. Not in this case. You get on the air. I've seen actors replaced after three or four episodes, although it's fairly rare. But eh, chances are now you're safe. If the show becomes a hit. How many shows get canceled? About 90%. So you can understand why my heart goes out to actors. I just can't imagine facing that level of constant rejection. So congratulations to all the actors who do make it. Savor each and every moment. Go to the parties. Be in the parades. Do the photo sessions. Fly in the company jet. You've won the lottery. Also, print this out and read it in three years when you start wondering if the show is holding you back. Good luck with this pilot season, though. Okay. I would be very happy to send copies of both of those blog posts to Constance Wu. And that gives you kind of an idea of what goes on here in Hollywood and why, if you are lucky enough to be on a hit show, you need to be so very, very grateful. And that will do it for this week. Our thanks to Adam and Susie Meister, Butler, Bruce and Jason Miller, Howard Hoffman, and John Wolford. If you want to get in touch with me, just write me, HollywoodLevine at Outlook.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ken Levine, Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. If you haven't already, please subscribe. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Hollywood.